Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZN Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy, or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. Hi everyone and welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at KZN Privacy Experts. I'm primarily responsible for conducting research on current and upcoming legislation, as well as key developments and decisions by supervisory authorities. With me today as my co-host is Jamal Ahmed, a Fellow of Information Privacy and CEO at KZN Privacy Experts. Jamal is an established and comprehensively qualified privacy professional with a demonstrable track record solving enterprise-wide data privacy and data security challenges for SMEs through complex global organizations. To date, he has provided privacy and GDPR compliance solutions to organizations across six continents and in over 30 jurisdictions, helping to safeguard the personal data of over a billion data subjects worldwide. Welcome, Jamal. Hi, Jamila. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm really happy today. Uh, we just uh, I just got a notification that we won another award. Oh, and did this we? Time, yeah, this time we've won the award for the global choice for data protection uh, training. So that's amazing. I'm really excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm excited today for our guest. My nice yes. segue. <laughs> yes, we've got, uh, we, we, we've got a special guest today from the first unicorn in our space, data privacy. And um, I don't know if the guest is aware, but I actually came to some of the events where she's spoken at, and we used to be neighbours when they was back in Cannon Street. And when they moved down the road from our offices in Fenchurch Street, I actually popped in a few times as well. So maybe Linda's seen me in the office here and there uh, <laughs> when I've um, come to see some of her colleagues on the data guidance side and um, some of the guys on the implementation side. But uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce who that guest is? So our guest today is Linda Tilova, and she serves as the Head of Privacy Centre of Excellence, DPO at OneTrust, the number one most widely used privacy, security and trust technology platform. In her role, Linda provides guidance on GDPR, e-privacy and global privacy related obligations to support customers and product innovation and is responsible for overseeing OneTrust's data protection strategy and implementation to ensure compliance with GDPR requirements. She also conducts training and workshops on the global privacy landscape and regularly contributes to various publications and conferences. Linda is a certified information privacy professional with the CIPI, CPIM and CIPPUS and has and she has earned a master's in law and legal sciences from Masarak University, Brno. Welcome, Linda. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jamila. And I'm so 
uh, I guess, a shame, Jamal, that I didn't get to catch you at the office. I, I suspect that you were just hanging out with the fun guys and you never made it <laughs> to the privacy team's floor. No, that's the problem. If I was hanging out with the fun guys, I'm sure I'd have found you. I was hanging out doing all the implementation stuff for some of my clients. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Linda, we're so we're yeah. so we're so honored uh, to have you on the podcast. And one of the things that I re- I'm really happy about is you actually run the Center of Excellence at One Trust. And from the friends and colleagues and family that I have working at One Trust, I know how much of an emphasis Kabir places on making sure that everyone is you know, really doing their best. And one of the values, in fact, the key value that we have at the Privacy Pros Academy in Acacia is our number one value is excellence. And so it's super important uh, to us to make sure that we do everything with excellence. And you coming from the center of excellence, I'd like you to share more about what excellence means to you. Thank you so much for that. That's a really good question. And I am glad that we get a chance to talk about the centers of excellence because that's uh, something that we have established at One Trust. And the structure of the centers of excellence will tie into the answer around what I see as excellence. So the centers of excellence, the way we have them set up, they are side by side for privacy, security, ethics, and ESG. And they're overseen by our chief trust officer, who uh, Andrew Clearwater, who reports directly into Kabir. And the idea why we set these up for these specific areas is that we were thinking about what is the mission for One Trust. And the mission for us is really to help our companies who are our customers, who are our business partners, and ourselves. We want to make sure that we foster trust in the industry, that we foster trust from the individuals towards the businesses that use OneTrust and they are building their own programs. And as I'm sure you've seen, privacy is one of the building blocks of trust, but it's not the full story. So that's why we are also relying on security, ESG and ethics to help build that whole holistic picture of, you know, if businesses are really focusing on all of these areas and they're delivering excellence across all of these platforms, that's where we see the trust being laid down. And if I were to look at privacy specifically and what I see as excellence there, I think we need to think about it from the perspective of bringing it back to basics. Like what are the basics that we would expect, the basic principles that we would expect as individuals from the businesses. And I think a lot of them boil down to some of the principles we know from the GDPR and other basic laws on privacy, things like transparency, things uh, like um, being very clear and intentional about what you're doing with the personal data and not going beyond that. Uh, Things like uh, having a very clear information about what is your vendor chain doing and being able to communicate that. And I think from our unique perspective at OneTrust, it's also about not just building the best privacy program internally, which like no pressure, but that's Kabir's goal for me. It's also about making sure that we have the framework and the blueprint for enabling our customers to do the same. So we want to make sure that we're also supporting and fostering that growth of privacy and the trust within the industry generally. So yeah, lofty goals, like no pressure at all. (laughs) 
That's amazing. And I can see the synergy between the way we kind of approach things with our mindset and what you guys are achieving. So uh, I guess we're on the right track. And I think it's that focus on excellence and that focus on uh, what does what can we do to really serve our customers that's really helped one trust to become the market leader and hold that position and really grow and expand. And uh, I think every week I wait for an announcement from Kabir to see what he's gone and bought this week. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same internally, but I would totally agree with you that I think we're all following the same mission and, and the mission is really to make sure that we're striving towards excellence, but we're not leaving anybody behind it as well, that we're building this community of privacy professionals. So that's why I love what you're doing with the Privacy Pros, because I think that fits into that mission just perfectly. Thank so Jamal kidding. was so excited to talk to you. He forgot the right? yeah. question. <laughs> Always I realized that halfway into the answer, I was like, <laughs> we're going straight in. I'm so sorry. That's how eager I was to speak to Linda. All right, okay. go on, Jamila. We'll What's your icebreaker for today? Well, this was inspired because a couple of weeks ago, my mum and stepdad got a new puppy. So my question is, cats or dogs? And why? Oh, oh my gosh. So definitely dogs right now. I used to be a cat person throughout my life. But then as a cliche during the pandemic, me and my boyfriend got a puppy. So now we have one year old uh, Welsh sheepdog cross with Border Collie. And oh. it just totally changed my life. It oh. also demolished a lot of our furniture. I was going to say, yeah, dogs just, are very excitable. Yes, yes. And, and she's like, bold of energy she's super sweet and honestly she's been such a support throughout this whole pandemic because if you're just focusing on her and her needs it just takes your mind of things and it pushes me to go outside much more which totally helped my mental health as well so dog person now yeah yeah Jamal I know the answer for this question to you what <laughs> probably, my neither, probably neither no I, I actually I, I would prefer not to take responsibility for animals, um, right? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I have so many responsibilities and I can't give them all the time and attention that they deserve. However, I do prefer dogs because I think dogs are a lot more loyal. I think dogs are a lot more interested in you. The challenge <laughs> is, though, we have two cats in our household. My wife has two cats. We have Hamza and his mum, who is Heba. And, uh, yeah, all they... They, they just scream at me whenever they want food or whenever they want that in. And they spend all their time with my wife. They go and be nice to her. They purr for her. They make sure they're around her. And as soon as they see me, it's like, hey, you're disturbing me. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> or, meow, I want food. That's it. So maybe a dog for you in 2023. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You can send me one in the post, Jamila. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to the privacy. Um, so we usually start off with this question, Linda. How did you get into the privacy sector? So I think uh, for me, I was always really obsessed with a lot of topics which are very hard to get you employed. So I was really into human rights, constitutional rights, like a proper privacy nerd in that area. And I was always a little bit of a bureaucrat. Is that even a thing? Like as a child, I really enjoyed sorting through my toys and building lists by size and stuff like that. <laughs> so I feel like I was sort of involuntarily edging towards compliance work. And uh, 
while always maintaining the idea of, you know, we want to make sure that we help people. We want to make sure that we maintain their uh, basic human rights. And this is really, really hard angle to go into like the private sphere with. <laughs> so I was finding my way for a little bit of time. I was um, assistant to judge at Supreme Administrative Court. I was working in-house uh, and before that I was also at a law firm and I feel like all of that gives you something but at the end of the day I I think at the in-house position that's where I started really immersing myself much more in privacy because I saw that there was this I wouldn't say gap but there was definitely the opportunity for us to do better and to build out a proper privacy program at a business that was very heavily regulated and that was relying on a lot of data processing and it felt like a calling to me and it just sort of managed to finally align all of these things that I was really interested in and and just put it into that one perspective. So I think it's really interesting because right now in hindsight, it makes it very clear to me how I got from point A to point B. But if you're in the middle of that journey, it's not clear at all. I don't know if it has been like that for you, but it's literally like you're trying to follow your talents and your interests. And then eventually you end up in a place where you look back and you're like, yeah, that clicked and that makes sense. But sometimes it's really hard to charter that path conscientiously. I'm not sure if that's been an experience for you. If if you have been doing that, then kudos to you, but I haven't been that way. <laughs> And I think for a lot of the guests we speak to, um, it's never been a straightforward journey. Like no one went to school or woke up or when they wrote, what do you want to be when you grow up, wrote privacy professional, right? Yeah. It's something that's just kind of exploded over the last, what, say, two, three years. Um, and I think lastly, it's down to the actual uh, GDPR coming into force. And a lot of people that actually do find themselves as privacy professionals that do find they've pivoted their careers, it's, it's almost by accident. Um, they, they, they're working on something and privacy was an aspect of it. And then suddenly they found this whole privacy sphere and they found it so fascinating and they completely going all in on that. Um, I, I have a compliance background a little bit like yourself, Linda. So I was doing compliance. And one of those things I used to help businesses with was their data protection registration and understanding the principles and putting in some governance in place. And then it's when the GDPR really started coming into effect and the organizations I was looking after at the time were like, hey, what is this GDPR stuff and uh, what do we need to do? And the more I looked into it, the more fascinated I became. And I was like, you know what? There's no way that big businesses are going to let this law ever see the light of day. Mm -hmm. And eventually it got passed and it was like, it's coming into force in 2018. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is going to be a game changer. And I was like, I, I just dive straight in and the rest is history. And here we are today, hoping lots of other people uh, at the privacy, through the Privacy Pros Academy to really get into privacy or really enhance their career, whether they're in privacy yet or not. And we'll speak about that later on um, in the podcast. So what's it like for you, Linda, being a woman in the privacy sector? Thanks so much for that question, Jamila. And I wanted to say that this is a topic that I've been thinking about a lot. And uh, as I'm growing older, I have also kind of changed my views on my role as a female in, in industry, in the industry in general. So I think I started off in a situation where I was working for organizations where feminism was not really recognized. I wouldn't say that there were any 
necessarily like issues, but it was never like a big topic that the organization would be discussing. And I didn't feel like it needed to be. And then I moved into One Trust and I started, I guess, reading up a little bit more on feminism. And I was also seeing the amazing work that our team at uh, Women at One Trust was putting together. And it just made me realize how important it is for women to actually be part of that discussion. So for me, as a woman in tech, I feel like feminism is a lot about inclusivity mm -hmm. and uh, diversity. So I'm one of those people who really are big believers in using it as a platform to challenge ourselves, to make sure that we're including other people who maybe don't have a voice yet, who are just not finding themselves in the right rooms. And that could be men, that could be people from different nationalities, different backgrounds, different social statuses. I feel like we are right now starting to get more traction as women and we're starting to populate more of these exec positions. And I know that we still have a lot to achieve as women, but I feel like this is really one of the biggest goals for me. And I think namely in tech, we are still seeing the need for more diversity. So I feel this is really like my brand of feminism is about inclusivity and using our power or our voices to advocate for people who are not yet in the room and to get them in the room. Yeah, I really like that. Would you say that um, privacy so far has been quite male dominated? I would say that privacy has been much better in terms of the gender balance than some of the other industries. So if you look at tech industry in general, you would see that stark contrast between, uh, between men and women and the yeah. female-led startups and all of that. They just don't have that kind of representation. Then if you contrast it with privacy, you typically see a rough 50-50 split. Obviously, it's going to be different per each jurisdiction, but globally, I feel like we're doing better on that platform. But that doesn't really take away from all the concerns about diversity and general inclusion, which yeah. I think should be part of that debate. So I feel like we're doing relatively good as privacy professionals on that gender balance thing, but we shouldn't uh, fall asleep on all the other inclusion yeah. issues. Yeah, <laughs> Jamal, I know it's something that you've talked about before as being someone of um, Bangladeshi origin coming into the privacy sector. How have you found that with diversity? Yeah, so look, one of the reasons we set up the Privacy Pros Academy was really to promote and forge a path for people who otherwise might be excluded and otherwise might have left it, uh, be, be felt that they actually don't have a seat or they can't get their foot in the door. And the Privacy Pros Academy was really based on our passion to build that global community of ambitious professionals who will come together and empower businesses to adopt honest privacy practices. So together, we can really safeguard the personal information of every single woman, man and child on this planet. And the key thing when it comes to equity, diversity, inclusivity is a lot of people, they will come to events, um, they will try and register for stuff, and they look around the room and often what they see, and this is my own experience actually, is you'll see that the room is usually dominated by lawyers who are middle class and middle aged. And I came to, I've shared this story on uh, one of my podcasts. But um, Linda, this is going to be super interesting. So early on in my career, when you guys used to do those Privacy Connect sessions in person, 
there was one that you had above uh, next to Monument Station on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And you, you have you have when 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 we come to these, you have caterers doing the catering. And I think it was a breakfast on that day. And you have the section where people eat, and then then you have where you, I believe you were one of the speakers at the time, and people speak. And you have to go through the doors. And as I was going through the doors, there was a gentleman in front of me. And let's just say he was a Caucasian, middle-class, middle-aged lawyer. He took off his coat and he handed it over to me. He thought I was one of the caterers. No. He thought I was part of the catering team. And that, so that, that was the thing that really drove me. And this is what inspired the Privacy Pros podcast. This has inspired us to be at the top. And this is that was the motivation I needed to make sure that wherever this guy goes in privacy, he knows about us. And he knows that just because somebody might look a different color, just because somebody might have a different background, just because somebody might not speak in the Queen's English, it doesn't actually mean that they don't have a seat at the table when it comes to privacy. And in fact, the Privacy Pros Academy is all about knocking down those barriers and showing that when we actually bring in people from all different backgrounds, when we celebrate that diversity, we actually increase the value people bring to the table. And the Privacy Pros Academy, we have an accelerator program that's designed for 12 weeks long. And that's taking people who have very either no previous experience of privacy, regardless of their background, and transforming them to become world-class privacy professionals. And we've been doing that um, for for, for a long time now. And if you see the people that are coming through the program, you can see 100% of people are from a background which is going which which is increasing diversity and inclusivity and, and equity into the privacy sector and we've taken people who were previously driving ubers with no previous professional experience and they're now performing really well for blue chip companies in the privacy sector we've taken people who were previously stuck behind the supermarket counter and, 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 and really frustrated with life and we've turned them into world-class privacy professionals, and they're really excelling. And when you look at some of the other podcasts and you look at some of the recommendations and some of the um, stories of the, how we're transforming people's lives, and when you join the academy, you actually become part of the global community. You can see how many people we have from so many different backgrounds that you would never, ever think that there can be such diversity and such inclusion and such passion. And the thing I love most about what we do and about our community is Everybody brings so much value from their cultural background, from how they've grown up, from how they've uh, seen things done. And everyone adds and contributes to that. And when everyone adds and contributes that and we have this collective as a community, we can actually consider things from so many different angles. And personally, I find that so much valuable. And I find that it really helps me to take my practice to a completely another level. I love that. I love that origin story. I wish we had contributed to it from a better angle, but I love that and I love the mission. And I can only agree. I feel like we're never going to be able to build sufficient privacy solutions for this world if we don't have everybody with all the different backgrounds contributing. And I love that you're doing such amazing work building that diversity. And I think that's also one of the role for all of the organizations in this industry to help foster this idea of diversity. So we don't want to be gatekeeping. We don't want to make this like exclusive legal club. And I might be shooting myself in the foot, but I would be the first person to recognize that as a lawyer, I don't nearly have enough visibility into the whole world of privacy that we need. And it's these days what I'm seeing in the market 
professionally when people are recruiting, they're looking for people who have that diverse background, who have experience from completely different sectors. It could be security, it could be completely different, but you just need to have that tap into the real life that's outside the books, outside just the theory. And I feel like the more people with the more diverse backgrounds we have, the more efficient we are at solving the problems of today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Definitely agree. Um, so with your role at OneTrust, you are head of the Privacy Centre of Excellence and a DPO. What does your role entail? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. So um, the DPO role itself is focused on overseeing our internal privacy compliance program. So that's where Kabir with uh, his mission statement of building the best privacy program in the world steps in. And the way we do it is uh, to empower our privacy team to take on hybrid roles. So as you may know, the privacy platform in OneTrust is about helping businesses and basically operationalizing the privacy compliance tasks. And the privacy team is structured in a way where every individual in the privacy team is a DRI, as we call it, directly responsible individual supporting a specific module. So we would have people owning data mapping modules for your records of processing, or we would have people owning subject rights module to help facilitate access rights and so on and so forth. And those people on the privacy team who own these modules, they're helping to build content for these modules like templates for uh, web forms or, for example, templates for records of processing. And they're advising our product team on how to develop the platform. But the hybrid role is in a way where they're doing all of this product work, but they're also responsible for making sure that we have the best you know, records of processing or that we are actually uh, answering uh, properly our rights uh, requests. So that's where I rely a lot on uh, the privacy team and the amazing privacy professionals we have on the team to help me make sure that we are doing great job also internally and that we're kind of owning up to the idea of building trust with our own data subjects and our own uh, customers. So that would be, I think, the role for the DPO and the center of excellence as such overseeing that one ties very closely into it. So part of it is definitely being able to advise to our product team on what is the next big thing that's coming? What would be the next big thing like the GDPR? What's happening in the US with the federal laws? What's happening right now with the EU data strategy that they're building out? What's happening with the data transfers in case anybody knows? And just trying to merge that legal development into a product language uh, that the product team can understand and to help them prepare for what's next coming. And to also coordinate with the data guidance team that I know you mentioned, Jamal, you've been in touch with them. So the guys who are really the research brains behind what we're doing at OneTrust and who are following all the latest developments and to make sure that we're working efficiently and we're projecting that guidance internally within the company, but also externally towards our customers who need to know what's happening and who need to be prepared as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you. And when you're hiring for members of your team, what is it that you're looking for? What kind of qualities? That's a great question. So it would depend on whether we are looking for the data guidance team members, like analysts who have been doing research, or uh, for people who are on the privacy team who are more hands-on with the platform. But 
I think the underlying key thing is we're trying to look for people who are aligning with what is our mission statement. So we're looking for people who are very passionate about privacy and it really just shines through. Sometimes you might have people who don't have quite as much experience in privacy, but you can tell that they're really into it. You can tell that they're reading up on all the latest articles and that they have tried our solution even like in a demo version and that they have ideas around how to make it better for people and and how to apply it in practice. And I think we're looking for that sparkle, for that passion to really, I guess, deliver on the on the best people that we can recruit. So I think that passion is the biggest item for us. And we have a couple of um, catchphrases like hungry and humble that are supposed to be like the elements of what the candidate is all about. And that's kind of the key messaging there. So we're looking for people with passion and privacy who really showcase that passion and just shines through. And for people who are hungry and humble, which means they are not necessarily out there boasting about how amazing they're doing, but you can tell that they are really insightful and you can tell that they really know their stuff and they're keen to take on more. So those are kind of the mission statements for us when we're recruiting. I, I can see why uh, Alex Sotani is really thriving at OneTrust. Oh, yeah. All of those things you've described, he embodies all of those, as I'm sure all of your colleagues do. And it's really interesting to see what you're looking for when you're building people um, into your amazing OneTrust team. Thank you for sharing that with us, Linda. One of the things that um, we try to, or one of the things that um, I share with my uh, mentees on any of our programs is when people are looking to recruit, they're not just going to look at your CV, they're going to look beyond your CV. And one of the things they're going to look for is how motivated you are to work for that company, but not just that company, in that specific role. And some of those things you've described there is what is helping you to see that someone is actually motivated to work for one trust and in that specific role. And you know, they've gone above and beyond. Why do you want to work for this company? Well, I think it's going to be a great opportunity and I'm really passionate about privacy. Okay, everyone's going to come and say that at the interview. What makes you different? And what I find one of the things that recruiting managers and hiring managers um, actually do is they'll go and look at their LinkedIn activity and to see. And when you go on LinkedIn and you see this person talking about privacy, they're in all the right circles, they're contributing. You can tell this person has a passion for this. And that's the kind of person that you want on their team. And when you can demonstrate that passion and when you can really show you have the motivation and you have the drive to be hungry, that's that's what you're talking about, the drive to be hungry, but also do it in a humble way, I think that's a really uh, winning recipe for success. Thank you for sharing that with all of our listeners. Of course, and I couldn't agree more. I wanted to also mention that most of our recruits were actually a product of referrals from someone else from within the company. And I feel like that actually works really well because to your point, if people are connecting together, they're talking about privacy, they're passionate about the topics, you end up connecting with like-minded people. And, you know, it's always the best thing if these people just are not shy about speaking up and maybe recommending someone. So I think this would be also my call out to anyone in the privacy industry If you are looking for someone, don't be shy to ask for referrals. And if you are looking for a position, again, don't be shy to reach out to your network and ask them to recommend you. I think that's absolutely fine in this professional world to do. And I think it just reaps amazing benefits for everyone involved. 
Thanks. That's a, that's a great tip. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you, actually, is what are your top three tips for privacy professionals to really enhance and take the career to another level? So I think the first one is the one you just discussed with me, the idea to really immerse yourself in networking and really be part of that passionate drive for you know, new developments in privacy. Uh, the second one would be don't box yourself up. So I think with our backgrounds, and I think our us lawyers are particularly prone to that, we really focus on the legal side of privacy, but we tend to forget about all the other areas that are so pivotal for understanding and being a good privacy professional. So try to read up on things which you are not quite as proficient at. So for me, for example, I'm trying to branch out and learn more about AI and uh, maybe all of these new areas of machine learning that are just developing or security and encryption. So make sure that you're branching out into areas that you're not quite as familiar would be my second tip. And you can do it via reading or you can just do it uh, via some key amazing podcasts just like yours. So definitely that would be the second tip. And I think the third tip would be to be yourself and to make sure that you're staying true to your identity. So we spoke about earlier the idea of diversity and inclusivity. And I think sometimes it's very easy for us in order to, you know, get into the industry and get into the company to try sort of suppress ourselves just to kind of align with the idea of what the most mainstream person would be like. And I feel like we're often losing a lot of ideas something that's really truly us in the process that could actually be very enriching for the business. So I just figured that if you have the ability and the confidence to actually show up and be truly yourself, it empowers you to do more. And it also is that representation element that can help bring in more people who might just feel more represented through you. So just don't be shy to be slightly different than the mainstream and to really come on through the way you are. I feel like we really need that in the privacy industry. I, I love those three top tips and uh, we resonate and I think we align so much on so many levels. So the first uh, tip yours was really uh, show your passion and show your passion to your networks by networking because when you're networking and you show that passion, opportunities are going to come your way. The second key tip you had was go and really discover more. Don't just do your day job and go home. Make sure you're always learning. And there's so many ways you can learn. You can read books, you can go to articles, you can attend webinars, and you can even listen to podcasts. So don't be shy and make use of all of the amazing resources that are available to you. And one of the things I love actually about the privacy industry is people are so giving. Um, just like us, there's so many other people out there that are creating lots of webinars, free events, uh, podcasts. So there's really no excuse not to go out and seek that knowledge. And the third thing you really said was, you know, don't be, be have integrity and be authentic, right? Be true to who you are and let that show up. And the reason I really resonate with that is, one of the things I look for when I'm hiring uh, for our small team here is people who are not looking to fit in. So I say, look, I, I tried to fit in. I, I tried for many years to fit in, and then I got fed up of that, and I decided to be outstanding instead. And now I'm looking for people who are not looking to come and fit in, but actually we're looking to join the team to be outstanding. So together we can really go out there and inspire 
all of these privacy pros to come into the sector, to hold the door open and to take everyone's game to another level. Um, Linda, there's one other thing I wanted to actually ask you. And I know um, Kabir is very keen on all of the, actually, he, he, he is, I think is one of the requirements if you're going to be at One Trust is everybody has to be certified uh, with the SIP-E and the SIP-M uh, as a minimum to be in the organization. Why mm-hmm. is that such an important thing? And why does One Trust play so much importance on that? That's exactly right. So everybody within the industry of OneTrust needs to be at least CIPPE and CIPM certified. And it's not just to clarify, it's not just that we require it, but we're also facilitating it on our side. So we are actually covering the costs of exams and preparation materials. And we are also um, allocating bonuses to people who are successfully certifying with IPB with any of these certifications or the further ones uh, like um, the US one or the Asia one or the T one. And I think the reason behind it is very clear. We want to make sure that both internally and towards our customers, we represent that expertise. And as you said, Jamal, the excellence. I think this is us striving towards the privacy excellence. And it's very hard for us to do it across the board if we are not all speaking the same language, if we're not all understanding the key challenges behind what we're doing and what the customers are trying to do. So we see the certifications as a way for all of us to achieve that common ground of understanding and to be able to benefit our customers who are, for example, privacy professionals and to save them, cut them the time that they would have to spend explaining, oh, but I have sensitive data here, so I need to be dealing with it slightly differently than with regular personal data or there's the thing with Trumps 2 and data transfers. Suddenly everyone's on the same page and they can just focus on solving the issues. So I think that's the idea behind it. And Obviously, the nice side benefit to it is that we are enhancing our employees' professional expertise and we're making sure that people have a way to pursue their professional growth within one trust and supporting them while they're doing it. Thank you for sharing. And the reason I asked that is because at the Privacy Pros Academy, one of the things that we're really focusing on is helping people to really add to their professional credibility, add to their subject matter expertise so they can really add more value to their employers, to their organizations, to their clients. And we really um, have been doing an amazing job on our mentoring programs with the CIPPE and the CIPM and the CIPT. And I don't want you to just take my word for that, but for anyone that's actually listening, go and have a read of the recommendations on our LinkedIn profile and really see how we can actually help you to also enhance that your credibility get more understanding and learn how to do things properly. Because like you said, Linda, it's about making sure that everybody has that baseline of understanding and the IEPP certifications are seen as the gold standard. And if it wasn't so important, a company like OneTrust would not invest so heavily in making sure that every single person that you attract to be part of your company actually has the support, actually has the resources, and then they're rewarded for actually attaining what's only going to help them do their job better, serve the clients better, and ultimately have a more thriving career. Agree, 100%. <laughs> and your dog agrees by the sound of Oh, the she does. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, she definitely agrees. There you go. You don't believe us, believe in <laughs> Um, 
Linda, it's been great uh, chatting with you today. Thank you so much for um, participating in our podcast. The last question that we normally have at the end of the podcast is uh, gives you an opportunity to ask Jamal a question. So it can be anything, can be to do with his career, it could be something you've always wanted to know. And one of these days, I'm going to ask Jamal a question instead. <laughs> In addition to your 101 questions already, Jamila. Yes, I will. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. And by the way, thank you so much for having me, Jamila and Jamila. I have to say, I really, really enjoy your podcast. And it's such a such a pleasure for me to be part of it. So thank you. Thank you again for having me. But over to the question. I think one that I'm always kind of striving for, and that's tying into those three takeaways, is you know, branching out, learning a little bit more. So I was wondering if you had something to share, Jamal, in terms of some interesting resources for me, maybe like a good book that you've recently read, or maybe a cool podcast other than yours <laughs> uh, to, to maybe share, or a good webinar, some some something interesting for me to read up on or listen in on. Uh, yeah, on ab- free time. Absolutely. So look, late, later on today, I'm actually delivering two webinars. I'm delivering a webinar for the IAPP, um, one of the US chapters. And I'm the ADCG right now, they have a three-day conference. And I'm actually speaking at that later today on cookies as well. So what I'll do is I'll share the links with you after this session. But we'll also make those links available for anyone who can go and catch any of those replays. And we have so many webinars that we've put on, so many webinars that I've been a guest on, and I'm more than happy to share those with you. But you know what, Linda, I've got an even more valuable resource for you. And normally I save this till after we finish the recording. But one of the things I've created over the last couple of years is my inner circle of privacy professionals. And this inner circle of privacy professionals is me seeking out to find the people who inspire me in data privacy. And usually what I do is invite them onto my podcast. So I've got a community of every single person you've seen appear on the podcast, plus so many other people in the industry who I've met through networking events or at a lunch or a speaking event. And I've brought them all together onto this platform on Signal. And the students that actually, the the mentees that join my accelerator program, I actually invite them to come and network with the, what I call the global leaders of data privacy. And I'd love to invite you to be part of that community. It's actually something that we ask all our guests to do as a way of saying thank you for um, amazing. So that resource there is going to be so amazing because just by watching some of the conversations, you learn so much more, right? You could spend hours and hours. You can actually go and spend thousands and thousands on external legal counsel. But when you've got people like Odea Kagan there, when you've got people like... um, Emerald DeLau there, when you've got people like Robert Bohr, Avishai, uh, Jules Polanotsky, everyone you've seen on the podcast, and there's like, I think there's about 100 people in the community now, um, and there's always a fascinating conversation to be had every day. And personally, I just learned so much just by looking at some of the questions and answers, and we've got people from all around the world in keeping up with our inclusivity and our diversity. And we have people from all the different sectors, because sometimes one of the problems that I've found with privacy professionals is we get so caught up in people that's in our niche, in our sector, that we forget that that's just a small part of it. And we forget to look at the bigger picture. So when you've got people from looking after children's information, then you've got people looking after medical information, then you've got people from SAS, a little bit like yourself, then you've got people from other areas, um, events, catering, hospitality, all the different niches put together. 
it really creates such a powerful environment. And for anyone that joins um, onto any of our mentoring programs, we actually invite them to be part of my inner circle. We also have a community on Facebook, which is actually open for everyone. And in keeping up with our inspiring everybody, that platform on Facebook is actually open to anybody in the world who has a Facebook account and wants to join. And one of the things that we do is we really go out and do live sessions. So sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be a member of my team. And we speak about a topic on privacy or we answer the questions that people who have come to train with us have. One of the challenges I found when I was actually um, doing these certifications and training courses is I learned by asking questions and getting the answers. And at the time, there might be, I might go on a two-day training. I might even go on a five-day training. And I'll, I'll think of a few questions at that time. But then when my mind has actually processed that information and I'm actually thinking about it or revising it and a scenario comes up, I had nobody to ask the question to. The trainers, they were interested. They were like, hey, we've got our fees. <laughs> go, go. We can't help you. Sometimes they wouldn't even respond to you. And I was like, you know what? I have to change this. And I'm going to make sure that we do better. So now anyone that comes and trains with us, not only are they part of that community, but anytime they can ask those questions. And when we come and do the lives, we answer those questions. And that gives anyone in the world an opportunity, regardless of any kind of financial um, resources that they may or may not have to be able to come and join the academy, to be able to get an insight into what is data privacy all about? What are these key questions? And how can that really help me to understand a little bit more? So in that group, we have amazing resources. Um, I've summarized a lot of the key cases from the Court of Justice of the European Union, and we've made those things available there. I've also summarized the GDPR in a language that anyone can understand. Um, so that resource is available there as well. And we've got so many other amazing resources available in the Facebook group for anyone listening. And the link is always below in the podcast. So scroll to the bottom of the page and you can actually link into it. But Linda, for you, I'd love to invite you to the uh, Privacy Pros community on Signal. And I'd love for you to be a part of that community. And I think that is going to be the most valuable resource you can have. And I'll share all the other resources. And the other great thing is whenever someone is speaking on a platform or a panel or they come across something great, everyone shares it. So you're never going to miss out and you'll always be in the know. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jamal. I really appreciate it. And I feel so lucky now. I feel like I'm part of the All-Stars team, Fellowship of the Ring kind of group. That's awesome. And yeah, no, as I... As you said, it's amazing to have that kind of community to troubleshoot together, to brainstorm together. And those brilliant minds that you've described already being there, I feel like it's going to be such a treat. So it's, thank you so much. It's a community of people who are hungry and humble. <laughs> Love that. Um, Linda, it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for giving up your time and sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom with all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class Privacy Pro. Please leave us a four or five star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.